This is the Zach Asbury Show. Welcome. Today's podcast clip comes from an interview with Professor Sharon Rundle-Tealy from Social Marketing at Griffith University. And so I mentioned, like, you know, you'd come back as that proud parent moment, but you actually are a proud parent, um, which I think is something that, yeah, I'd like to get, get your views on. Um, like, did you find it uh, challenging in uh, to ra- raising a family or, um, you know, because you're the director of this research centre and one that's grown and done quite well, how did you manage to balance all of that? Um, yeah, is it is it possible? <laughs> yeah, I've, I'm a proud mum of three kids, and yeah. today we've got a few sort of very like things going on around the house <laughs> as well. Um, each child was essentially a degree, so every okay. time I studied, there was either a, a young baby or something around. So clearly, I got used to being fairly busy juggling both kids and a degree simultaneously. So by the time Rihanna came along, I was studying PhD. Um, she came in and out of work sometimes with me while the other kids were at school. There's a big age gap between the girls. Um, and across the years, like, Dale was my eldest and she hit um, a point in time where she actually just gave me licence to actually do both. Like, she literally just did a sort of a speech that said, I'm sort of proud of mum and mum's taught me I can do anything. And wow. it blew me away. I was um, probably the most sentimental sort of moment I've had. And I realised then that being a working mum is probably not a bad thing. I had no previous role model because my mum was a stay-at-home mum. So I think I suffered mum guilt for about 20 years. And that one speech sort of helped me shed that completely to the point where I started to learn to juggle better with a bit less personal guilt. Um, But I had early years where I was, like, there for the kids and having a wonderful lifestyle around it all. And I was the non-serious academic that serviced my job well. Um, By the time my baby, Rihanna, had hit school, I think she was in about year two, at that point I decided I wanted to get serious. And that really was the beginnings of those first few moves where I serially climbed the the sort of academic ladder and then put the foot to the floor to see what was possible. Um, And I always had a very strong sort of sentiment, which I shared with my team, and that is I feel you can grow to the point where you can't. And so for that reason it was like challenging myself trying to see it and, you know, what is the point where it's too much. Um, So we haven't hit that point yet and we're continuing to explore how else and what else. And, yes, we don't get it right, but my time on sabbatical in the US was deliberately spent in an organisation that grew to 180 people in a very short space of time to just learn a little bit more from the people leading that group, how they did it, how they've been doing it over time and... They gave me the confidence that just restacking the decks as often as you need to is exactly how you actually do it. So whose strengths have we got? Who else is on board? Um, and how else can we actually coalesce together to like, essentially pull forward together? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't actually ever thought about it that much, like in terms of or that way, sorry, that you, you, know, you mentioned your, your daughter had actually seen you as this strong female role model and it helped alleviate some of that guilt that you may have had by pursuing your career as well. Um, yeah, I think, so, I mean, we had a conversation earlier today and you mentioned that academia can have its pros as being a parent as well because you're not required to be at a certain location to, to clock in, clock out. So you were able to do all of those school pickups and drop-offs and um, that really sort of, did that really help you manage both? I think it did because, I mean, I was always, I guess I had this lovely sort of stay-at-home mum 
a, a very hardworking dad. Um, so that I guess through my parents, I'd learnt heaps about how maybe I could come to be, but no direct role modelling of what a working mum looks like. So that was entertaining because I'm trying to be perfect and do everything everywhere, and that was crazy. <laughs> I look backwards now and think my kids should have had so much more housework. I was way too <laughs> kind to them. But I kind of juggled it seamlessly and I just shifted the way work was through various stages and today even across people I know like I'm so accommodating in some regards because as long as the work is delivered at the same levels or if the person pro is backwards because they want to stay home more mm. um, I think we should give everyone a little bit more space around this and just try and help with the guilt raising kids is really hard work and when you have three of them, that's a lot. Mm. And then you go to work and you actually realise work's easier than looking after the three kids. So we have to celebrate the people who are prepared to stay home. Um, in my world, I'd moved away from all of my actual nuclear family. So I built a friend family where we helped each other. I had other friends who were working and so I got a big car so that I could pick up not just three kids but maybe six kids. Wow. They'd be running around in the backyard for two hours after school so that my friends could be at work until yeah. whatever point. Um, it was amazing how much network we put around ourselves to help try and just achieve it because someone said to me once, it takes a village to raise a child yeah. and if you create that village, it makes it a bit easier and I guess that's some of the work I still do today. How else and what else can I do to put something else together to try and get where we want to get to? Yeah. It's amazing what it teaches you. Being a mum and juggling home and work <sighs> and the balance teaches you a lot about how you can juggle things at work too. Yeah. yeah sounds, yeah. It'll I think, change your world. I think so. It's probably a little while off for me just yet. Um, yeah, I mean, I struggle to find time just for me, but I think I'll, I don't know, people... What do people say when they have kids? They're like, I didn't realise how much free time I had until I had children. <laughs> so it'd probably be the same. I'm like, whoa, I really wasn't that busy. Hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so it's like it does take a, a community to raise a family because, or a village to raise a family. Like, you know, my, my sisters both have children and, um, you know, they're very dependent on like their grand or like my their parents. So my mm. dad or my mum, you know, help babysit or to pick up from school or because it's just it's difficult. They have jobs and maybe their, their jobs are less flexible than academia. So the fact you're able to provide, you know, a car transport service for everyone and a backyard for people to play, like a healthy, safe place and stuff like that. Hey guys, it's Zach Ainsbury here with just a couple of quick reminders. If you've enjoyed today's podcast, then make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode. There are plenty more interviews to come with some of the world's leading marketing academics and the practitioners. You do not want to miss these. In the meantime, if you're looking for another way to connect, then follow me on Twitter at Zach Ainsbury. That is Z-A-C-A-N-E-S-B-U-R-Y for my take on the marketing issues of the day.